Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigly Blast. There is footage of Sean Payton and Michael Bidwell walking to the owner's car on Thursday after spending seven hours together at the facility. Physically and metaphorically, the two have never been closer. But close enough to make a deal? Now that is the question. But it all seems pretty clear now. Payton's options have come down to the Cardinals or the broadcast booth. And a source just tweeted out that Payton doesn't really like television. Meanwhile, an NFL executive tells me compensation will not hold up any potential deal with New Orleans that the Saints know the number three overall pick is non-negotiable. And so it comes down to whether Bidwill connected with Peyton on that special level yesterday and whether he's willing to pay a coach up to $20 million a year and whether Peyton sees real promise in Arizona and Kyler Murray and not a professional graveyard. Now there are some who fear that Michael Bidwill will balance his external hire at GM with the internal promotion of Vance Joseph that the hiring of Monty Austin Ford as GM was a preemptive, preemptive strike to shield Bidwill from the expectations of hiring Peyton, from having everything Peyton needed to really be interested in the job. And some believe the team had better hire Brian Flores if Peyton doesn't take the job, given the renewed heat coming from Steve Wilkes and his lawyer and how Wilkes believes the Cardinals discriminated against him because of race. Now, now, nobody says a word if Arizona hires Peyton. To the contrary, it would prompt a valley-wide celebration and weekend bender that might rival the Phoenix Open. It might even prompt me to abandon dry January early <laughs> if only Michael Bidwell has it in him to be our hero when we need one the most. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. We've got two great locations. They make luxury affordable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, you, you mentioned the tidbit that's out there. Uh, Johnny Venerable, who covers the Cardinals for GoPHNX.com, put it out there. Interesting uh, a nugget via, and it's somebody, honestly, I'd never heard of. Andrew Juge or Huge, J-U-G-E. He's not verified on Twitter, but he does cover the Saints in New Orleans, does some radio work in New well, Orleans. Well, bucks to take care of that for And me, said, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't interrupt you. I'm sorry. Sean Payton does not want to go back to Fox. If this is indeed true, and we're talking about possibilities drying up for Sean Payton on the coaching front, it does seem like it's all there for the Arizona Cardinals to do this. I asked you this question off the air. I'll ask you this question on the air. If it hadn't been for those completely ill-conceived and ill-advised contract extensions handed out to Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury last March, would this be a done deal already? Because if you're paying, a, a, you know, a, and we a, we assume that the, the contract to Steve Kime doesn't need to be paid out. No. But you're paying Cliff Kingsbury Something. good money yeah. to be in, in Thailand right now. Yes. And, you know, uh, take pictures of his Instagram girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a consideration because you're going to pay top dollar for Sean Payton if you want to make this happen. Which is going to hurt it, regardless. If so you, if you had nobody on the books, that yes, would hurt. Yes. yes. Right. So if you have another guy 
eye on the books, it hurts a little bit no, more. No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And again, I, it's, I'll continue to hammer this home that, that we don't know the details. I've been told by people that, look, Vic, I respect you and I respect the people who tell you there might have been a buyout clause in Cliff Kingsbury's contract. But if there was, that's the first time that's happened in the NFL with a head coach and a football team. Um, but, but those same people who would tell me that would also say Michael Bidwell would be the first one to do it to protect himself on the back end in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I do I do think it certainly complicates things on some level because even if there's a buyout, there's money you're swallowing. And if it's upwards of 35 to 40 million bucks, well, that, yeah, that's quite unfortunate. <laughs> um, so uh, it, so I just, I just think really it's going to become a question of really hunger, appetite. How bad do you really want this and how bad does Sean Payton want it? If Sean Payton really doesn't have any options and really believes in Kyler Murray – he can find reason to come to Arizona. There's a lot of other good stuff here that you can talk yourself into and go, okay, because I've got this, this, and this. What else do I really need? And again, I just I think it's going to come down to, you know, Michael Bidwill is is um, a buttoned up guy. I, I think he keeps his friends and his cards close to the vest. But but the fact that he's got this history, or at least Sean Payton's got this history with this team b- dating back to their respective childhoods. These dudes are one year apart in age. So so I, I'm I would be shocked if if a good chunk of yesterday wasn't vibing on on old timey timey days in Carbondale or wherever they were training with the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals and and so right. and and so maybe they hit it off famously and, and maybe Sean Payton walked out of here and went okay you know what they hired a GM in Monty Austin Ford I didn't know him from Adam but he seems like a cool dude and and they kind of know I'm the dog here and they kind of know that that they're going to do my, what I want okay you know what I can I can work with this it just feels like it's right there it really do, it feels like it's right there if the Cardinals really wanted it and yet there was a time when Andy Reid felt like he was right here. Remember that guy, Jerry? You ever seen that guy? Well, he kind of always feels like he's right here because he picks up a lot of That was back in, what, 2014? 2013. 2013. Yeah. Well, well somebody right. That's right. That's right. There's like a no-context Cardinals Twitter account, and they tweeted out the picture of uh, Bidwell and Peyton leaving the facility, mm-hmm. and then they put it side-by-side side with the picture of Bidwell and Peyton Manning leaving the facility. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure. I think those are comps. I, again, it, it's I don't. Th- I don't. That never think felt that close. That no, no, that Peyton never Manning. felt close. The, this, I think, this feels closer. Um, it's just because I just don't think at this point, if Sean, I don't think at this point at all, Sean Payton comes here if it, if he isn't at least has a modicum of curiosity. Yeah. Because it's already, everything is done. Everything is gone. Can I tie in something else, too? And we're going to spend a lot of time, obviously, after the whoever the coach is uh, hired is in place, we're going to spend a lot of time on roster construction with this team, maybe more so than other off-seasons. I'm listening to Burns and Gambo yesterday as I'm driving down to the arena. And Gambo cites an article that he loved. Um, you know, I think it was from Bleacher Report that talked about the impact positions uh, the, the deepest positions in this draft are impact positions that the Cardinals need and he went through look it's it's a strong defensive uh, d- defensive line draft the Cardinals need help there it's a strong edge rusher draft the Cardinals need help there it's a strong corner draft they need help there there's a lot of great tackles in this draft the Cardinals need help there 
That's four impact positions on a football field that the Cardinals need help in going forward. That might be a deterrent for anybody taking this job. Be. Because the front office the last couple of years has been so negligent in putting this team together. Then and and, and yeah. think about that. Well, they went from yes. 11 wins to four. I, and listen, and I'll say it again. The guy most responsible, with all due respect to his health problems, yes. Steve Kimes the one to blame most for everything that's happened here. I can't disagree with um, you. And, and so I think I think you look at the – here's the other thing that you've got to consider here. So the the lawsuit filed by Brian Flores against the NFL of which Steve Wilkes is now a part of because he claims and accuses the Cardinals of racial discrimination in only giving him one year not giving him a, he was a bridge coach to to somebody else was the language he used what if the NFL said to Michael Bidwell Michael listen we're in a bind here do us a favor hire Brian Flores you get another Super Bowl what year you want it 28 29 yeah it's way it's it's a way big it's a way big business works and it's it so there's an issue here facing the NFL there's a candidate that might solve that issue for the NFL and a candidate who might be a very viable one for the Cardinals now we haven't heard word about Brian Flores other than he's interviewing for the Steelers defensive coordinator's job mm-hmm. which would be a promotion not like head coach of the Cardinals would be but it's a promotion so it just it's all things to consider because right now it's Sean Payton, which is the Grand Slam. It's Brian Flores or it's Vance Joseph. That's, that seems to be the three real viable options right yep. now. Coming up next, Suns lose a very frustrating game to the Mavericks. And uh, one of their key players is longing for a former teammate. We'll get into all of it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings live from the Akchan Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. For three, it's up. No. Rebound Bullock. And that is going to do it as he dribbles it away, lobs it ahead to Josh Green. And the Mavericks win it by the final score of 99-95. Suns were able to lead this game early by as much as nine, but Dallas took control after losing Luka Doncic to a sprained ankle. Spencer Dinwiddie in a starring role goes for 36 points to lead all scores, and the Mavs take a 2-1 series lead over the Suns. John Bloom, final call on the Suns Radio Network last night in a very frustrating evening in a nationally televised game against the Dallas Mavericks. And like it or not, I mean, Suns and Mavericks get together now. There's some extra eyeballs on that matchup because of the heat between those two teams in the playoffs last year. And the heat was, you know, a little bit, uh, well, not as hot because Devin Booker didn't play. And then you lose, uh, the, the Mavericks lose Luka Doncic in the first four minutes of that game to a sprained ankle. He never came back. You feel like even a shorthanded Suns team that seems to be, you know, before last night, seemed to be picking up steam and getting back to what they do um, well on a basketball court. Uh, you, you'd think that would be a very winnable game, and it was. It was within yeah. reach all night, and they yeah. just could not get a hold of very it. Very frustrating. Uh, we talked about this earlier. I love Mikhail Bridges as much as anybody. I was very disturbed at the taunting technical he got when he made the three-point sign right to the Mavericks bench. You said something interesting, and, and that is for people who watch games primarily on television, you see him do this all the time. I've seen him do it to his own bench very, very frequently. It's a common practice in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You told me it's not the first time he's done that to an opposing bench. No, no. Mikel he Bridges, should really stop that. Mikel Bridges makes a corner three. If it's in front of his bench, he does it to his bench. I get that. If he does it uh, in in the other corner in front of the opposing bench, he does it to them, too. I don't like that. He's done it all. I don't like it either. I, I think it's the, the, the definition of taunting. Um, 
But it's also the first time he's been called on a technical for it this year. And it was a weird spot in the game, too, because it, it yes. went from momentum yes, to technical. They hit the it technical. They got the ball. Made a three. Made a three. Right. It was a four-point swing. Now, Bridges came back and hit another three right after that. But um, to was, say it was a turning point in the game is too much, but, the, yes. but there was a little bit of a momentum swing that came with it. And even so, yeah, if, I just I, when he hit that second three, he made a similar gesture. He just didn't point at the bench. Yeah. It, it's that three. He kind of holds it out and kind of yeah. wiggle, does yeah. the head wiggle. Right. It's right. It, every. Uh, that's my frustration. Do I think he should do it? No. Do all players have now some sort of three point celebration? It seems like it, but again, the inconsistency on when the refs are going to call that or not. You know, yeah, is, I'm not going to turn this into a ref issue. Is though. it taunting or is uh, it? Okay, not? I get that, and, and it's it was enlightening to me that when you told me he does that uh, all the time yes. to, to opposing benches all the time because I have not noticed that watching games primarily on television. I, I just don't think there's there there's nothing good that comes out of that. You can hype up your own guys, and something good comes out of it. You're only going to motivate the other team. There's nothing good that comes out of that, in my opinion. So I. I think that that was something that bugged me. The DA, the 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 fumbling, the tipping of the rebounds bummed me out. The fact that, and you pointed this out too. This is a very very excellent point you made earlier, because uh, I, I was raving about Spencer Dinwiddie as this as this support guy who, when I've seen him against the Suns, when he's had a step up, he's done it almost seamlessly. He looks like he looks like one of these guys who has a lot more game than his role allows him to exhibit, and he's fine with that. Um, Vinny's right. He said, listen, if, if Spencer Dinwiddie is lighting you up and you've got a guy like Mikhail Bridges, who was once a defensive player of the year candidate, shut him down. If Luke is not on the floor and Jalen Brunson now plays in Manhattan, shut him down. Yeah, it's. It was disappointing, and Dinwiddie really had it going. And it was one of those games, too, where he had it going the whole game. He played with a whole lot of confidence. Uh, and he's a good player, but this doesn't fall solely on the shoulders of Mikel Bridges. The tendency is for fans to say, well, just lock him up. The defensive scenarios in, in the NBA now, and this bugs me, mm-hmm. <laughs> they switch on every screen. Mm-hmm. So Bridges is out front, the screen comes, and then all of a sudden Jock Landale's on Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. And then they, they screen again, and somebody else is on Spencer Dinwiddie. It, it's it's got to be a team effort, but you would think a team as adept with you know defensive players like Mikel Bridges would be able to slow— they didn't even slow him down. No. He, he did whatever he wanted last No, he night. did. He did. Attack the rim, yeah. floaters, jumpers, threes. Yeah, he did. And, and look, he's got a lot of game. I've got a lot of respect for him as a fringe player in the NBA. He kind of lit up the Suns at the tail end of that playoff series last year. Uh, that, that stunk, though. When Luka went down, and the Suns were in control of the game when Luka went down. And I thought, okay, the, with the momentum this team has, they are gonna they're gonna obliterate this team. Yeah. And I'm just disappointed they didn't. I, I, I really, I really put a lot into that. This kind of this renewed vibe of okay, we we've got something cooking again here. Yeah, and I said it in Vinny's view too. If you didn't watch the game and and you just check the box scores online, maybe you're a fantasy player and you see 19 and 20 for DeAndre Ayton. Look, just. On its face, that's an impressive yeah, stat line. Yeah, you'd say, wow, he must have played with force. But then you start looking deeper into the stat line, and he was 6 of 20 from the field, which is one of his worst shooting nights ever as a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the, the, the key rebounds he didn't get at the end of the game. He was coming back from a three game absence again, you know, for, for being sick. And he talked about it like, hey, I, I'm still sick. I'm a little bit rusty. He also uh, said this last night. Tonight, tonight was a battle, man. Uh, even though he went out, I hope he's okay. But them dudes, them dudes put up a fight, man. And we were supposed to take advantage of this. It's like our teams over here just taking away things on us when we were at a disadvantage. That was our chance to do it, but. Take care of business. Good thing about this league that we play Saturday. We got practice tomorrow, and yeah, we go we go do a couple drills on the free throw box. We do a couple drills. I know mine got a couple drills for us. Got film, so I'm ready. I'm shaking back up, man. Well, you know, you can still hear that I'm congested and stuff like that. So I'm just really trying to, you know, just have fun with this thing. I, I still have fun tonight, though. Don't matter what, I still have fun. Still just being out there with my guys and you know, just hearing the, uh, the terminology and the positivity, just playing as a unit. I th- you mentioned earlier in the show that. You're getting you're getting kind of tired of, of listening to DeAndre Ayton talk after games, good or bad. Yeah, that could be one of those. There's it, it seems joking every, around about yeah. the uh, we're going to do a couple drills on free throw box out. Do you really need to do no. drills in year five? I mean, Come that, on. that you're hoping that that's your strategy at that point is you had to foul, miss a free throw, open the door, and they missed two. If again, it, it if you, is fru- last night was so frustrating. If you want to get visible with rage, just watch the, the watch that last rebound that Dwight Powell ended up corralling and getting fouled on, and just watch the form that Da thought he was using to box out. It, it's it's just an abomination. And again, I I'm trying to control it here and not be a jerk face again because 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 but i'm having a difficult time with it i really am and so uh, so the suns they've still got a lot of winnable games right in front of them right now they need to go and grab these and just flush this thing because it, once luca went down last night i i kind of put the i had this thing in the win column beforehand i thought I, the suns were in a real good place i thought so too and, and that's why it's frustrating they were they were in sync for about Nine minutes of the first quarter, yeah. and the rest of it was a struggle. I I was watching Chris Paul and some of the the, the aggressive way in which he was hunting his shot and taking his shot mm-hmm. last night. The fact that he went to the rack a couple of times, I haven't seen that. That was a plus. Chris Paul looks looks good right yes. now. Cam Johnson looks really good right now. And there were some other pluses, but there was a lot of negatives. The bench play last night was, 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 was unacceptable. Yeah. Innings Festival is back. The two-day festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and a lot more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale, but you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, more on the Suns on last night's game. Their current state and how that state could change through trade. We'll talk to our own insider, Kellen Olsen. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns lose last night at Footprint Center 99-95 to the Lucas Dallas Mavericks. Their four-game winning streak is snapped, and it was certainly a frustrating evening for the guys in the uh, turquoise uniforms last night. Here to talk some Suns basketball in the present, what could be looming in the very near future. Our own insider from Arizona Sports, Kellen Olson, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Kellen. How are you? Morning, guys. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, what would you put the frustration level on last night's game, all things considered? Oh, man. Um, 
probably an 8.5, and I'll allow you to bump a point and a half if the Mavericks and the Suns are tied in the standings, and that winds Ooh. up being a loss that, that defines it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's a really tough one, especially there's so many different factors, but I think mostly it just comes down to how well they were playing in the last four games relative to what we've seen in the last month and just how that disappeared once Luka got hurt, of all things. Uh, Robert Sarver famously taught DeAndre Ayton how to box out in the hallways of Footprint Center. It didn't seem like D.A. showed what he learned from Robert Sarver on the blocks at the end of the game last night. And I'm obviously being very facetious. But but help me reconcile this new round of frustration with D.A. and the up and down again stuff that we're seeing. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking less at the box out, Dan, and just more of his overall play throughout the night. I think that the, the lob pass with about like six and a half minutes left was the one that really jumped out to me just in terms of, I, I think all the time, you guys, you guys know better than me, you get the responses of like, why doesn't he dunk it all the time? He should just dunk it, dunk it DeAndre. And I, I feel like that gets a bit drowned out at times and it gets a bit overblown. But that was one of those plays where it was a perfect lob pass by, I believe, Ish Wainwright. And, and DeAndre was up there at the rim and he needs to dunk the ball. He did get shoved. He did get fouled. But the reason he doesn't get those calls is because he doesn't play with force and dunk, try to dunk the ball in those types of moments. And, and this has just been a thing with DeAndre over the last four or five years. He's coming back from three games off uh, due to an illness and comes into this game trying to find his way into the game. And there were points where his effort waned, but then his effort got back into it. And even when his effort was there, his mistakes were still there. He's, he's taking all these shots from 10 to 14 feet when they should be from 4 to 6 feet. This has just been a, a reoccurring theme with him. And I'm saying all of that just because, that Vince, you can back me up here. I think that was the most I've heard the crowd groan at him collectively over the course of a game. Uh-huh. And it, it was really interesting to feel the frustration in the arena because we certainly see it online and, and we, we hear the responses and, and read everything the next day, of course. But in the arena, you could feel it not only just like for plays, but kind of building. And then I thought that lob pass was like the culmination yeah. of everyone's frustration kind of boiling over in the arena with the groans around. And then for what we didn't expect, there was one more play at the very end of the game that, that elicited that type of reaction as well. Yeah, and when the Suns lose, DeAndre Ayton gets a lion's share of the blame on a regular basis. And a lot of times I don't think it's, it's at all warranted. I, last night, I was I was okay with the criticism. The 19 and 20, I described it as a lot of frosting and very little cake last night earlier in the show. And, you know, I used to, we, me and Vic used to go 10 rounds when we talked about DeAndre Ayton because he would talk about force, dunk the ball, dunk the ball. And I said, you know what? A little hook shot or a layup or a finger roll counts the same as a dunk. But when those aren't going in, it really drives home the frustration. And DeAndre Ayton, as we know, has elite touch from a big man, but it seems like everything he does these days, Kellen, is so reliant on that touch. I I mean, is the message ever going to get through in your mind? I I don't want to be declarative in in that kind of way, but but I will say, Vince, the strange thing about this game is you'll remember a couple of the dribble moves that he had in the first half. Mm -hmm. He wasn't necessarily playing with the force everyone wants to see, but he was trying to get to the rim, and he was trying to get to that four to six feet we were talking about earlier in the game, at least. But uh, to your guys' point and your point about uh, placing blame and everything and why we're talking about him so much, like, yes, the reaction, yes, those certain plays, but they're playing against a Dallas team where Dallas is switching and DeAndre took 20 shots. And the reason why he took 20 shots is he was the core part of their game plan. They didn't turn away from it pretty much all game. I think that 
at a, at a point in the third quarter, I proposed on Twitter, like, maybe they just need to go five out. Maybe they just need to play without a center the rest of the night just because it's clearly not working, not only with DeAndre on offense, but with DeAndre on defense, too. And uh, some of that on defense less to do with him specifically and more to do with just how they were attacking every single center that was on the floor. Dario Sarge, bless his soul, he went out there for yeah. about three minutes, but they were just blown by him on every dribble attempt. And it's just bizarre to see how a team like the Mavericks, which is a team that is very ABC, they, they switch on defense and they dribble the air out of the ball on offense. Yep. And it's just the Suns' kryptonite for some reason. And the Suns play a very aesthetically pleasing style of basketball. They really play together. The Mavericks are dead last in assists per game, things like this. And especially when Luke is out there, they hardly share the ball. But for whatever reason, that style of team is, is what is the Suns' kryptonite right now. And it's really hard to see on a game-to-game basis. And I think it just comes down to them being a horrible matchup. I think we're past beyond past that point of declaring them as that for the time. Yeah, good point. All right, after the game, Chris Paul, the latest to kind of lament the absence of Jay Crowder. Vinny and I both thought it was very interesting where Chris Paul went with the answer. You were there. Tell us your thoughts about that. I don't have much uh, on it, Dan. I got to be honest that all of the if we had if this had been a new development in terms of players telling us like how they miss Jay and and they wish uh, Jay were around more or less to that extent, but. I think everyone shared those sentiments at media day and all the players pretty much were like, we support Jay. Uh, Of course, we would love to have Jay around. We miss having him around. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think guys at media day, like McKellen and Cam specifically, were both like, everyone has their uh, their own situation. And you learn that more the longer you're in the league. And Chris has been in the league longer than anyone on the team. So he, of course, understands better than anyone. When uh, when his situation kind of arises like that, I just think that all of his teammates support him. And if you were, for some reason, kind of viewing this kind of situation as something with Jay blew up and his teammates like are supporting him, don't like him anymore, you're reading the situation completely wrong because all of his situation, all of his teammates still very much support him. That is not what this story is at all. And yet, he's still on the roster. February 9th, the trade deadline is coming. February 8th is the reported uh, press conference to finalize the Matt Ishbia ownership takeover. I mean, how do you size up all of those things, and and what can we expect maybe uh, in a Jay Crowder trade? I know there's been a lot of rumors and names attached, and there was even reporting yesterday on a three-way deal with Rui Hachimura coming here. He ends up with the Lakers. I mean, how do you size this all up right now, yeah, how about that for dramatic timing, guys? That's going to be a fun 36 hours for us. Yeah. Uh, it, man, I the more I've been thinking about this and looking at it, uh, we were looking at the reporting from Brian Windhorst and later from Woj about this Sarver situation and just how he had the ability to hold up trades. We never heard it reported that he did hold up a trade, but when we were looking at this inactivity from the Suns, I think it became more and more of, okay, maybe they just can't do anything with the current ownership situation, and, and I think I, I, I might want to believe that that's the case, guys, but more in the other way where maybe they've just been waiting to get a trade until this HBF thing gets sorted. Maybe they haven't wanted to act until he has been in the building and he has been a part of the the thought process and and that's what I'm starting to kind of believe more and more when I sit here and look at why they haven't done anything the inaction and all that I think it has been because of ownership and this is again just my thoughts I'm not reporting anything it's just my opinion based on everything that's gone on but I think it's been the inaction just based on waiting for this to get done 
speaking with the owner, seeing what he wants to do with money, because, guys, it's, it's a huge difference with what they can do at the trade deadline if Matt Ishbia says, eh, the tax bill, like, we might want to keep an eye on it versus do whatever you want, because there are completely different things they can do in terms of getting players with multiple years left on their salary and, and, and things like that. It, it completely changes the game with what they can do, so it, it makes sense, in my opinion. Yeah, Kellen, great stuff, as always. Thank Thanks you, so Kale. much for uh, waking up with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports, uh, part of Empire of the Suns. He and Kevin Zimmerman do the podcast. Kellen there every game in the locker room, every Love game. That guy. Does a fantastic job covering the Suns. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the clock is ticking also on the Arizona Cardinals heading into the weekend. Still no, no head coach in place, and only one of five spots has been filled. We'll get into the latest on the NFL coaching search and the local front next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 Yeah, it's still going on. That's the update. Sean Payton was meeting with the Cardinals for quite some time. Seven hours at least at the facility yesterday. Yeah. Uh, still no reports of offers being made by any team to Sean Payton. So a lot to monitor there. I want to let you know, too, uh, 9.30 today, we are scheduled to be joined by Larry Fitzgerald. Nice. To talk about a multitude of things, mm. including his uh, ownership in the new AZ Drive pickleball team that uh, made its debut. Maybe he'll announce his retirement. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe he'll tell us who's going to get the Cardinals coaching job. Who knows? Uh, we'll talk to uh, Larry Fitzgerald at uh, 9.30 today. Um, I, I have to admit, your your line of thinking on this Sean Payton um, situation has been very influential on how I think about it. You have a way of like reading through all the red tape and and mm-hmm. seeing you know seeing things for what they are, um, and the way you laid it out there. It seems like everything is in place for the Arizona Cardinals. Michael Bidwell, Monty Asenforte to say, all right, we're, we're going for this. We're going for Sean this. Sean Payton, this job is yours if you want it. Um, let's move forward together. It seems like that could be the scenario, yet still no report of any any no. offer coming after that seven-plus-hour visit yesterday. Yeah, and and this, this to me is, um, I think it's an interesting thing because what Dan Quinn did with the Cowboys, and if Sean Payton chooses to go back to uh, television, and you, you mentioned the tweet from uh, from basically really just a, 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 a suspect source, but a source nonetheless, that he doesn't want to go back to television. I'll tell you this. We've had this conversation before. When you see these these coaches line up on a you know on a pregame halftime show if you're still an active coach and you're in between jobs i could understand where the simplicity and the just the stupidity stupidity of it all would would make you feel like what am i doing here i mean if you're a coach who's out of the game you're going this is free money this is cake this is the life this is the life they get a makeup person does me up they buy me clothing i come in i buy spout a cliche maybe two and i'm done i can put a hoodie under my blazer yeah all i gotta do is just coach speak coach speak no it it really it's you listen to this stuff and there is no real 
expertise or analysis to be found anywhere. Sean Payton's a guy in the prime of his life, of his coaching career, mm-hmm. and he's probably looking at this going, what am I doing? What am I wasting my time doing this for? Yeah. It is interesting, though, because John Gruden and Bill Cowher were both like that, young coaches that got out of coaching and went into broadcasting, and every year people get, kept saying, is this the year they come back? Is this the year they come back? Cower never came back. Gruden came back because mm-hmm. they made him like the god offer. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how... how Urgent Peyton is to come back. You know who blazed the trail for those guys? John Madden left at the height of his career. Yeah, and walked true. The broadcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, so I think then it it becomes a question of does it, does Sean Payton? Uh, so Sean Payton, I think, does want to work. But if he just looks at this and says none of these teams are it, that's a very clear barometer that that should really temper our expectations for next season. Because if Dan Quinn is satisfied, is Dan Quinn going to ever have more leverage that he suddenly materialized in front of him the last week and a half? Well, there's a lot of projection. I mean, here's a guy who's a defensive coordinator in Dallas who's got a lot of talent on that side of the ball, arguably the best defensive player in football in Micah Parsons, and they're coming off back-to-back 12-win seasons. Yeah, they fell short in the playoffs, but there's no reason for Dan Quinn to have less than uh, lessened confidence about that defense moving forward you can uh i i think the size of 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 the group of teams that's looking for head coaches too is is working against them right now mm. because dan quinn yeah he wants to be a head coach again obviously but he's kind of in a situation where he can pick and choose maybe not the same way sean payton is in fact it's a lot different from what sean payton uh has the ability to do right now but he can go back there he can be the architect of a of a top flight defense once again who knows maybe the cowboys end their drought win a super bowl and dan quinn's uh candidacy is you know he's the sean payton of of next off season Maybe that's the way he's viewing it. I don't know. Maybe, uh, but again, it's it, here's the thing that I that I can't get off of. Okay, it, by nature, a job that opens up is going to come from a team that either stinks out loud or doesn't have a quarterback or both. The Cardinals don't necessarily check all those boxes. No, and and so I, I don't know if there's really going to be better jobs going forward, unless you know if you're Sean Payton, you can't even count on Dallas anymore. With Dan Quinn being there. So I just, I, I think that the idea that, oh, I can wait because something better will be there next year, no, I don't know. It, about it's a that. good point because between Denver, sort of depending on what you think of Russell Wilson and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, it is very rare that there's a, a head coaching opportunity with a franchise quarterback already there. Yes. And there's two opportunities this year. Next year it could be five teams, but it could be five teams with nothing. That are terrible. It could be all Texans. It could be. All Colts. But five also is a, is traditionally a pretty low number of teams looking for a new head coach. I mean, we've had instances. I mean, last year, 10 teams looking for a coach. A third of the league was looking for a coach. And I, I'm also fascinated, too, with... Yeah, we don't know because it's an individual preference, but what these candidates are looking for. I mean, some people might look at the Cardinals and go, well, Kyler Murray's hurt. Uh, they got 28 unrestricted free agents. There's not a lot in place. And and you view that as a deterrent to take the job. Other coaches might say, wow, blank slate? My chance to really evaluate players and put my type of players yeah. in place and turn this thing around? It, uh-huh. might, it might be very attractive to another head coach. We don't know.
And again, so I, I think it, it's it, it's going to amount to something of a tease. And clearly, I think that it, it, there's a great opportunity for the Cardinals to snag what I think is exactly what they need for, for Kyler Murray. And mm-hmm. that can't be understated. I'm not just advocating Sean Payton because of the accountability and the leadership and the fact that there's going to be – there won't be any mushiness at the top with with Sean Payton in charge. I think we all know that. It's the fit for Kyler Murray, and you can't – you can't make this hire without addressing that particular elephant in the room. How do we get this kid to be a functioning, excellent, dynamic NFL quarterback? How much longer, just individually with Kyler Murray, regardless of who the coach is, how much longer do you think that's a pressing need? Certainly this year. Certainly the year after. If we're still asking these same questions in January of 2025... When do the Cardinals just say, listen, all right, enough I, is enough? Yeah, listen, they, the, 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 I've been told the cap hit is the least significant for trading Kyler Murray if you could do it right now. But the problem is, is who's going to trade for him yeah. with, the, with the injury status and the contract status yeah. down the road? Uh, what, I don't know, Vinny. I, I don't. I, I just know we've seen Kyler Murray be great. He was an have. MVP candidate. That was not a joke. He was an MVP candidate at certain points in two consecutive and, seasons. Right. Right, so it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just it has to be harnessed. Yeah, uh, one coaching position has been filled. That was the Carolina Panthers hiring Frank Reich over Steve Wilkes to take over that organization again. Frank Reich was the first starting quarterback in Carolina Panthers history. Started the first three games and then never sniffed the field again for them. Uh, he's the first offensive coach they've had as their head coach in their history. And I'm fascinated by this too. Uh, same media outlet, two different viewpoints. Couldn't be more different. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN says Frank Reich, a great hire for the Panthers. In the last two years, this football team has had the worst quarterback play in the NFL. But if you look at the roster, it's got a chance to be a top 10, top 8 defense. They got an up and coming offensive line in DJ Moore. So Frank Reich now comes in there, and the question is does he get the young quarterback? I think Carolina absolutely has to go up in this draft and go get a young quarterback. And the one thing that you can unequivocally say about Frank Reich is he knows how to develop a young quarterback if you think about what he did with Carson Mm. Wentz in Philadelphia. I absolutely love the hire for Carolina. On a flip side, same media family, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz said this is a horrible hire. Frank Reich wasn't dealt a hand that was bad at the quarterback position. He was part of dealing the hand. He was part of the organization's decisions every time to go all in on Carson Wentz. He was part of the organization's decision to go all in on Matt Ryan. He was wrong about all that. Now you think he's suddenly going to get it right with the Carolina Panthers? Harry, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle. Is it a great hire? That remains to be seen. I, I'm not of the belief that it's a horrible hire. I think Frank Reich did get railroaded to a degree in Indianapolis, despite what Jason Fitz said there. Um, the, the Steve Wilkes aspect of all of it is interesting. Steve Wilkes came out with a very classy statement today. Yeah. Uh, his lawyers are uh, not exactly as enamored with the hire for, no. for obvious reasons. He did a very good job as an interim. I didn't think he would. I thought that had disaster written all over it. Um, and good for Steve Wilkes. He's he's elevated himself again in the eyes of the NFL coaching ranks, even if he did not get the job that he sought in Carolina. Yeah, listen, uh, I agree with that. I I think that that the lawsuit is going to continue, but mm-hmm. I think I think for Steve Wilkes' own viability and his his credibility, I think he needed to show a little class and, and not be not and not be full on anger. 
Which he did. He, I thought he did that I, to, I a, totally to a large agree. degree. Totally agree. Yep. Uh, coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. And again, 9.30, we're scheduled to be joined by Larry Fitzgerald. So stick around for that. But also stick around for some social studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.